The following sermon is by Manny Alaniz, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel in Northwest San Antonio, Texas. For more information, for prayer, or to support us financially, please visit our website at ststephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. A great, a great door has opened. Let us prepare our hearts to hear God's truth through the preaching of his word, which begins with prayer. Let us pray together. Shine within our hearts, O loving Father. Shine with the true light of your divine knowledge. And open our eyes, the eyes of our minds, that we may comprehend the message of your divine word. May the Holy Spirit set fire to our souls as we meet Christ in the here and now, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. There is a, there's an old hymn. It's actually like a, it's a Christmas carol. It's a, it's a hymn that was written. Well, the name of the hymn is called King Wenceslas. Wenceslas. Easy for me to say. Wenceslas. Has anybody ever heard of it? Have you heard of it? You have. Oh, we're going to play it here. Way to go. Okay. King Wenceslas. It's a carol. Uh, it's a carol that describes the virtue and, and the charity of St. Wenceslas the first. St. Wenceslas the first. Uh, he was the Duke of Bohemia, and he lived in the 10th century A.D. 10th century, do the math, what, 900s or early 900s A.D.? Now, this Christmas carol describes the generosity of Wenceslas in helping the starving and the poor peasants that, that lived among him, or lived in his area, and wherever he, he, he lived, in whatever area he lived. Now, it is said that he would go around barefooted in the snow to visit churches, to visit churches and, and give alms of generosity to widows, Orphans, those in prison, and those affected with great difficulties. It is also said that Wenceslas was uh, was considered to be both a nobleman and a father to the wretched. Now, even though Wenceslas was not actually a king. The Roman Emperor, the great holy, the great holy Roman Emperor Otto the First, bestowed upon him after he died, after Wenceslas died, bestowed on him the the the, the king title, and re, and everybody referred to him as King Wenceslas. The text of the of that hymn 
uh, describes the blessings that a person receives when caring for the poor and needy. It's just a couple of lines. It says, therefore, Christian men, be sure, wealth or rank possessing, ye who now will bless the poor shall yourselves find blessings. The story of Wenceslas is an illustration of selfless generosity that brings recognition to the kingdom of God. Selfless generosity that brings, that reflects Christ like this, that reflects Christ and brings recognition to the kingdom of God in the here and now. And that's what it's all about. And he, it is who it's all about. This morning, uh, we're coming to the end of our journey in, in 1 Corinthians, in the book of 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul is closing out this letter with some final remarks, kind of tying loose ends up, so to speak. Now, the critical issue that Paul is addressing underscores the global nature of a Christian, of a Christian church. The global nature of a Christian and a Christian church, a Christian community. The apostle reminds the church at Corinth as we are reminded today that there is privilege and responsibility, that there is privilege and responsibility and there is that it is essential for us to be Christ-like. A true Christian community, the church, is called to give and provide for others in need. That's what a true Christian community is called to do. That includes, perhaps most of all, that includes sharing with all who are dying the divine bread of life. Jesus, the gospel message. What other, what other good news would you share with someone who is dying of their sins but that? Jesus Christ has opened a great door for effective evangelism in a fallen world. Although there are many adversaries Sharing the gospel demonstrates our participation in God's kingdom purposes. We're called to do it. This is the ultimate and primary purpose. This is the ultimate and primary mission of the church. Now, who's the church? The body of Christ. And who is the body of Christ? We're looking at it. We're looking at it. We are the body of Christ. So our primary mission is to go to those in need. Go to those in need. And what we're being told here is that God has opened this great door. In the, in the passage, it says wide door. It could also be translated to great door for, for the gospel message of eternal life. As we look at the passage, 
we see that the, the Apostle Paul begins the passage in verses 1 through 4 by reminding the Corinthians of their duty as Christians to support fellow Christians, to support other churches. And again, he's talking to us too. The Bible is a living, the living word of God that contains absolute truth, which is true back then, today, and forever. So he's reminded the Corinthians of their duty to help those in need, as he's reminding us. We're being reminded, too, to help those in need throughout the entire world who are facing hard times. Now, Paul refers to this support as a collection. He talks about it in the passage. Now, he uses the word uh, logia, logia, which means generous gift. So aside from the offertory that they collected, they, they took up a generous gift to help other churches in need. Now you recall when Paul got started on, on his missionary journey, before he got started, he was sent by the, by the church fathers, so to speak, uh, as, as the apostle to the Gentiles. So he went out on his missionary mission and they only asked that he would care for the poor, care for the poor churches, care for the poor, care for those in need. And that's what's going on. And that's what he's reminding the church here at Corinth. By the way, before I go any further, I want to tell you that this church, St. Stephen's Chapel, tithes its offertory. The offertory that we receive here at this church, a tenth of it goes to other churches and other church ministries, <clears throat> which includes helping the needy. We also have a benevolence fund where we just help the people we know in need. We, we help them, give them gifts of whatever they may need to buy food, to get gas, whatever they may need. I want, you to, I want to assure you that this church does what God calls us, what God calls us to do. So now, if we look at verses 5 through 7, the apostle makes note, he, now, he's, now he's, again, tying up loose ends, he's making notes of his travel plans. Now, there's reason for that, because back then, in ancient times, traveling was extremely cumbersome. It was extremely difficult, especially during the winter. It was hard to go from one place to another. You would have, first, you'd have to have the resources to do it. But then you would have to find everything else that goes with it, going from one country to another. And if you had to set sail in a ship, you had to pay for that. But it was difficult. So Paul had to set forth his plans. And he tells those, uh, the, he tells the, uh, the, the Corinthians that. And he, and, he, and he also tells them that, hey, look, I, I'm, I'm going to, actually, I just want to winter with y'all too, because you could help me continue my missionary journey. And what does he mean by that? Well, he's saying you could help could help me continue my missionary journey by providing food, water, money, and anybody else that wants to go and be a part of this missionary journey. So he's asked, he's asking and calling upon them to be a part, to be a part. <clears throat> Paul informs the Corinthians that he does want to spend time with them in the winter so they can so they can help him with this journey. So then as we look at verses 8 and 9, this is where it really opens up because this is where Paul 
makes a grand revelation. A grand revelation that sticks out in this passage. He answers the why. He answers the reason why he had to write this letter instead of going to them in person. Instead, you know, when they were calling out, they were having all these problems, they were having all these issues, they were having all this difficulty, and he sends them a letter, and he sends them Timothy, but he doesn't go in person. And a lot of people wondered why. They wondered why. And now he tells us why. He gives them the reason why. <clears throat> he tells the, he tells the, uh, the Corinthians that he's going to remain in Ephesus at least until Pentecost. Now, we don't know when that's going to happen, the time frame, okay, because we don't know when the, when the letter was dated. But he's telling them that he cannot leave Ephesus because a great door of effective work in the gospel has been opened for him. <clears throat> Just take a moment to think about what he's talking about. Again, some uh, Bible translate the great door to be a wide door, like a wide door has been opened. A great door is a better translation. If you look at the, the Greek, it says, it says megas. Megas means great. It could better be translated to great or big. <clears throat> the word door can be translated to a door or an entrance. Megas, the great door and entrance for effective. Now, effective uh, is, is exactly what it means, that the, the, the effective work is the gospel message and that, that he has an opportunity to share the gospel message to people who will receive it who are ripe and ready to hear the gospel message and receive it and receive Christ as Savior. <clears throat> and he recognizes that because he says God opened it. He recognizes that God has done it. So this is a tremendous opportunity, opportunity of evangelism. Evangelism is spreading the gospel, sharing the gospel with others. <clears throat> that is what we're all called to do. For the successful sharing and preaching of the gospel message, God has opened this door, this grand door. So, meaning a big door. This is this place is ripe, just like here in the U.S. The wonderful news that all Christians have is this great opportunity to share the gospel. That's that's good news. You're called to share the good news. Now, you don't think you're qualified, do you? Praise the Lord. Because if you thought you were qualified to do this, it would be on you. But since you're leading on God to do it, it's on God. It's on God. That's what makes it so great. That's why you're called to do this. <clears throat> so Paul makes this a tremendous statement about this grand opportunity. And then what does he say? There are many, what? Adversaries. Adversaries. Huh. What does that mean? What adversary is what? Somebody that's against you. Could be a person. Could be obstacles. Could be the devil. There are many obstacles. There are many adversaries. 
when you share the gospel with others, you will face many adversaries. So why is Paul saying this is glorious? This is wonderful. This is awesome. Now, yes, yes, yes. Why are you saying it? He says, well, there are many adversaries. Like it's no big deal. Long missionary journey that Paul has undertaken. He has faced many adversaries. But that doesn't lessen his mission. It doesn't lessen his mission. It doesn't lessen our mission to go forth. We're always going to run across adversaries. We're always going to run across those who oppose us. So what is he saying? What well, he's telling us that danger and open doors are not opposite. A door can be open to you, wide open. A great door can be wide open to you. And there's danger there. But it doesn't mean that they're opposite. It just means that that's what's going on. You know that to be true. We all know that to be true even here today. When you share the gospel, when you share Jesus, there are adversaries at work against you. But that's what keeps you going. That's what it, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to keep going, to keep going forth. And so he's telling us that danger and open doors are not opposite. It is the Lord who has opened the door for effectual evangelism amidst fierce opposition. So what does this great open door have to do with me? Some of you might be thinking, what does it have to do with me? Because you're being told today by God's word that there is a grand door that has been opened for you. And you're thinking, well, what does it have to do with me? Well, what it has to do with you is everything. It has, it, ha it is calling upon you to evangelize, to share the gospel. And that you should know that suffering and overcoming hardship in your Christian walk, and many of you have been a Christian for a while, know this to be true. Suffering and facing hardships in your Christian walk will take place will happen. In fact, they must happen. Oh, right there. Who is the adversary trying to keep me, keep us from hearing this message? Who is it? Satan. The devil himself. Wanting to stop you from hearing this message. And it's not going to happen. I just go blow my nose and come back. How's that? It will not happen. We can overcome that. We can just clear our throats and keep going. But see, what does it have to do with you? Why should you even care about all this? Well, you're being told that a door has been opened, a great door has been opened for you in your Christian walk to share the gospel. Some of us are terrified about doing it, and God is telling you, I'm empowering you to do this. And it's on me, it's on God. And to do this shows that your spiritual growth is being affected. It's happening. Okay, Sandy, my wife. She's not here, but she told me I could say this. She's been working out, exercising. And the other day she came to me and said, her body's sore. I'm sore. And I said, well, you know what that means? That means that you're working out. What you're doing is working. It's, that's, what you're, that, that's how you're supposed to feel. If you're working out and you're not getting sore, perhaps you're not working, working out as hard as you need to be. 
Have you ever heard of such a thing? It's the same way with effective spiritual growth. Effective spiritual growth in your life. Now follow me here. In bodybuilding or working out, there, there has to be resistance and temporary soreness. And those are signs that you are actually exercising correctly. For example, if you never face any, if, if, if you've ever, if you've never faced any weight resistance uh, when you're lifting weights, then, then your muscles are not going to grow. However, if your goal is to build up your body and build your muscles, then you must engage in what weightlifters call lifting progressive heavier weight. You're going to have to lift the weight you're gonna have to add weight to it because you're not that way you can, can that way you can build muscle and you're gonna do it progressively you're gonna continue to add and add and add weight now as you work out the lactis the lactic the lactic acid in your in your body starts to kill or, or certainly beat up uh, your your muscle cells so what does your body do it, well, it responds in soreness. You're sore, and your what your body is doing is it is responding by building a greater number of muscle cells to replace the ones that were damaged or killed, so to speak. That's what a workout is. Okay, does that make sense? So, for you to get a good workout, for you to get anything out of your exercise, you must you must push it. You must add distance to it. And weightlifters do that to build muscle. It is the same way with spiritual growth. You must face hardship. You must endure hardships. You must face struggles as a part of your spiritual growth. If you are hiding from that and not wanting to engage what God has called you to do, you're not growing spiritually. That's what Paul's telling us. For you to walk with Christ and grow spiritually, you got to engage the hardships that come with sharing the gospel with others and walking Christ-like, walking Christ-like. And that, in response, in this fallen world, in, especially in our culture, will you, will you will be met with adversaries, people that are against you. And if that's happening, you're doing something good. You're doing something right. Because the world doesn't want to hear the message. Satan doesn't want that message to get out. And when you're doing this, you're going to grow spiritually. Your spiritual growth will continue to increase. So then here's the question. Here's the big question. Would you rather choose the path of least resistance that leads to nowhere or choose a path of great challenges that leads to grand results which one would you choose the noted author uh hg hg wells hg wells from what uh war of the worlds something like that he wrote many books and all that but he wrote this quote he said the path of least resistance is the path of a loser. The path of least resistance is the path of a loser. 
Now, I don't agree with a lot of things H.G. Wells wrote about, but I, agree, I do agree with that statement. That is true. That there, we must face, you must face resistance in your spiritual walk. And if you do, you're doing something right. You're answering the call. You're being Christ-like, if you will. So are you just sitting around waiting for God to, for Christ to return and not doing nothing because you don't think it's your obligation? And that's supposed to be for other people to do. I'm telling you here and now, it is for you to do. It is your responsibility in your spiritual growth to be active. See, God is the one that's called you. God is the one that's calling you to come. He is telling us today that the door has been open, this grand door has been open, and that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, meaning they're ripe for the picking. Share this gospel message, and they will respond. See, that's what our church here needs to do. Share the message with your loved ones. Share the message with others. Invite them to come to worship with you, to come to Bible studies with you. You will meet resistance, but you will also meet people that will respond because God is already working in their life. Sharing the gospel of eternal life with others, those who are dying, dying to hear the good news of eternal life, which comes only through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Gracious. You've been listening to Manny Alanese, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel. For more information about our church, visit our website at stephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. Please join us prayerfully and financially as we seek to glorify God by preaching His Word and spreading the gospel of grace in boldness and selflessness.